Hey guys, Alex here. Thanks so much for watching our online service today. We have such a great service for you. I'm so excited for you to see it and be a part of it. A few times a year, even before COVID, we would have an online only service. The reason we did this is because we think the Christian life is more than services. And sometimes it's easy when you just have service every week to forget that it's more than just going somewhere and being a part of some meeting, right? There's more to it. But we also do it because rest is holy. And sometimes we can get so busy with doing church that we're moving so fast and we're so busy that we can't hear the voice of God. And so sometimes there is, uh, there's something good about slowing down and stopping even good things for a little bit just to reset and reconnect. And so we hope that's what today is for you, that maybe you can go out and get brunch with a friend, or you can just sleep in a little bit more. You can just rest and reconnect, uh, reset. And I'm so excited because today's message is brought to us by my mentor, David Pearson, who trained me to start churches uh, and continues to be an important influence in my life. He serves on Horizon's advisory board until we can raise up any internal leadership. And I'm just so grateful for his wisdom and his willingness to still influence and uh, share with me and Horizon. And I think his message today, you're going to find it both moving and meaningful and encouraging. Stick around till the end of the service and we'll talk a little bit about what you can do to live out what you hear, what you sing about, and what you experience today. Let's jump in. Thank you. 
morning, Horizon Community Church. My name is David Pearson. Um, I'm a friend of Alex and Darby, and I'm honored to share with you this morning as you continue on in the series of wonder and what that looks like and how we have those moments that are just kind of life-defining, and we see things in a whole different way and see ourselves in a whole different way. And so um, as I thought about that, and Alex talked to me about sharing with you today, the first thought that comes to my mind is April 24th of 2015. April 24th, 2015 is a day and a date that I will never forget. Uh, my middle daughter is Allison, um, and uh, Allison at this time was uh, mid-teens, probably about 14, 15 years old, um, and she loves, when we lived in Philadelphia, loved the, the wall art and the murals of Philadelphia. And so one day on, on this Friday, April 24th, we decided to take our family on a tour, one of the self-guided tours of the murals of Philadelphia. And so we went into Center City. Uh, we parked by Washington Square and began walking through the streets over to Broad Street and uh, up to Chestnut and around different places. And all of a sudden in this, we approach a mural on the wall of a bar named Dirty Franks at 13th and Pine. And when we approached the, the mural there at 13th and Pine, everything changed that day. Because as you walk up to these murals, they have a phone number that you can call uh, or, or text in, and it sends you a recording of the artist who made the mural, kind of explaining it and how he did it and some of the techniques. And so as we walk up to the corner of 13th and Pine there in Philly, uh, I look down to my phone to type into this code, and the next thing I remember, I heard a, laid, a loud crash, and I was laying on the ground uh, in tremendous pain. And in that moment, my first thought was to try to figure out where was my wife, where were my two daughters that were with me. Uh, my third daughter was away at college. I would, next thing I was trying to figure out is where are my glasses because I couldn't see very well because my glasses had been thrown. And then I looked down and my next thought was, I don't see any blood on me, so I must not be dying. Because we all know that in order to die, there has to be blood visible, right? Um, but what happened was, uh, as we were standing there in that moment, looking at that mural and beginning to listen to the message, a car was coming down Pine Street and uh, veered off the road, came up on the sidewalk and hit my wife and I from behind. My youngest daughter was missed by just literally um, a couple of inches at the very most. And my middle daughter, Allison, was a little few feet away and so she wasn't really close to it. But in that moment of being hit by a car, being thrown into the air, absolutely everything changed. Within seconds, we were surrounded by police officers and by a fireman. Literally, because I've seen the video of this, what happened, because we were outside of this bar, uh, we were surrounded by police officers and firemen within about 10 to 15 seconds. And in this time, you're just trying to figure out what's going on. And I remember that one of them wouldn't let me roll over um, backwards because there was a light pole that had fallen down beside me, and there were live wires coming out of that light pole. Within 15 minutes, I was in the back of an ambulance going to the hospital, still trying to figure out where my wife and daughters were because they put my wife in a different um, ambulance and my daughters were riding with her. And, and I was trying to make sure that they were okay. Eventually, we got to the hospital, and as we're there and they're beginning to do some examination, uh, we found out that my wife had broken her shoulder. My daughters were okay. I ended up with a broken left leg and a cracked right ankle. 
And as I'm laying there trying to figure out what's going to happen next and how this is going to move forward, one of the doctors came in and said, hey, we want you to meet with an oncologist. And I'm thinking, oncologist is for cancer. Like, I have a broken leg. Like, what's that got to do with it? And they said, well, we found in some of the x-rays to make sure that everything internally was fine, we found a spot on your kidney that we want to examine. In that moment, everything stopped, and I began to look at the whole life and death situation. We eventually got to see the video of it uh, because, like I said earlier, that we were standing outside of this bar and they had cameras outside. And as I've watched the video of what happened, there's literally five or six different ways that we could have died in that moment. He could have driven us into the wall. The, the metal partitions that go down to the storage down below uh, were open and we could have been knocked down those steps. That light pole could have fallen on top of me. He could have driven over the top of us. There's just numer numerous ways as, they've, as I've watched that video on things that could have happened and how it could have been much worse than it did. And when you go through moments like that, it makes you stop and think makes you ponder life. It makes you ponder your future. It makes you ponder kind of your purpose on life. That happened on Friday, April 24th, 2015. On Monday, I had surgery to put a plate in my leg. I spent the next five weeks in a wheelchair and the next two months or so on crutches, developing the muscles again to be able to walk normal. During that time, I read a book called To Live is Christ and to Die is Gain by Matt Chandler as he looks through the book of Philippians. And as I think about wonder and I think about some of these moments, like this special moment in my life, this memorable moment that kind of had a, a defining thing, I think back to a scripture that Paul shares that comes from what Matt Chandler writes in this book. I'm going to read this text to you, but before I do, I want to give you a little background of what Paul was going through as he was writing. Paul was the apostle who started a bunch of churches. He had been a, a, a opposed to followers of Jesus. He had tried to kill followers of Jesus, and he began a relationship with, when Jesus in, encountered him along the road and spoke to him. Paul gave his life to Jesus and was changed, and he began to start churches. And because of this and some of the things that Paul was doing, uh, a lot of the leaders at that time didn't like him, and he had been thrown into prison and as he's thrown into prison, he's facing kind of this life and death moment. He doesn't know if he's going to be put to death for his beliefs. He doesn't know if he's going to be put to death for the things that he's taught and the things that he's done uh, in promoting the message of Jesus. And so uh, Paul is sitting in prison as he writes this letter to the Philippians that we're going to look at, few verse, at, at in a few verses. Um, and he's kind of facing one of these same life and death moments, like he doesn't know what's going to happen. And so that's kind of the, the background of where he is. And in the midst of this, he writes this letter to the Philippians. And in Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 20, Paul writes, For me, living is Christ and dying is gain. Now if I live on in the flesh, this means fruitful work for me. And I don't know which one that I, have, I should choose. I am pressured by both. I have the desire to depart to be with Christ, which is far better, but to remain in the flesh is, far, is more necessary for you. Since I am persuaded of this, I know that I will remain and will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that because of me, your confidence may grow in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Just one thing, live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ." Then whether I come and see you or I'm absent, 
I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, working side by side for the faith that comes through the gospel, not being frightened in any way by your opponents. This is a sign of destruction for them, but for your deliverance, and this is from God, for it has been given to you on Christ's behalf, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, having the same struggle that you saw I had and now hear that I have. As I look at this scripture and as I look at that moment in my life and as I was reading Chandler's book about this book of Philippians, there's really three lessons that I kind of learned that I want to share with you today. The first lesson is that I needed to value my relationship with Jesus because I knew where my eternity was. Paul writes at the beginning of the scripture that for me, to, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Guys, too often, we only think about the here and the now, but God thinks about eternity. Paul was at peace with living or dying because he knew that he would spend eternity with God because of his relationship with Jesus. He knew that he would spend eternity in heaven, which is a real place. It's not this fictional place. It's in Scripture that talks about what that's going to be like. And Paul knew that that was his future. He knew that that was eternity. In fact, Paul went on to say in here that he knew that dying was the better of these two options. From both the accident that we faced, being hit by the car, and then being finding the spot on my kidney, and not knowing what would happen to me, in those moments, I remembered that I knew what my eternity was because of my relationship with Jesus. For years, I had joked with my wife that I wanted to die by the age of 65 because I didn't want to get old and, and lose the ability to do certain things and, and, and be limited in maybe some things that I liked doing when I was younger. Both my father and my father-in-law had died at the age of 62, so that had kind of been um, just saying something I said to my wife over and over. But as I was lying in that hospital bed and, and being hit by the car and thinking of how that could have played out and how much worse it could have been, and when the doctor came and said, hey, we want you to talk to an oncologist about a spot on your kidney that they found while they were examining me after the accident, that, that all of a sudden this became a reality to me that the, the life and death is so much unknown and, and we have to be prepared for that and know what that looks like. And so I just was remembered of the lesson that I need to value my relationship with Jesus because it's my, because of my relationship with Jesus that I know where my eternity is and was. Well, I wasn't ready to die because my girls were young and I wanted to be a part of raising them and a part of their lives. I knew my eternity and I was at peace because of that. Guys, I believe two of the most important questions we can wrestle with is, first of all, who is Jesus? And then second of all, how will I respond to him? When we look at these two questions of trying to understand and, and realize who Jesus is, who Scripture says that he is, who that he says he is, who historians say he is, and realizing that he's the Son of God and he loves us and he died for us and we have a, can have a relationship with him, we have to first realize who he is and then realize, how am I going to respond to who Jesus is? Because the answer to those two questions determines our eternity, if we put our faith and trust in Jesus in those moments, like when you come to life and death, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we know that we can spend eternity with God in heaven. But we know that if we don't have that relationship with God, that we spend eternity separated from God in a real place called hell. 
And so in that moment of life and death, I was so valued that lesson of remembering my relationship with Jesus and knowing where my eternity stood. The second lesson that I learned on that day and try to remember is that God had a purpose for my life. And that purpose is to share that a hope that I have that comes from knowing God. Paul knew that for him at that same time too. And he said it's better for him to stay because of that purpose. If we look back at this verse, he says, um, for me living is Christ and dying is gain. Now if I live on in the flesh, this means fruitful work for me. I don't know which one I should choose. I am pressured by both. I have the desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am persuaded that by, of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for the progress and joy in the faith. Paul knew that he had a purpose, and that purpose was to share who Jesus was. That purpose was to share the hope that he had. And I realized in the moment that I was lying there and facing potentially dying in my head and not knowing for sure what was going to happen, I knew that not only what my eternity was and where I stood, but I knew that God had a purpose for my life. While Paul knew that dying and being with God in heaven, free of pain and free of suffering, was ultimately best, he also knew that God had a purpose for his life, and that was to love the world in a way that pointed people to Jesus. Guys, God doesn't put us on earth for no reason. He doesn't allow us to be on earth just to exist for a few years. He has a purpose and a plan for each of our lives. That's so important for us because so many people are saying, what's my purpose in life? And it's to know and to walk with Jesus and to be into a relationship with him, not just on this earth, but for eternity. For years, we used to teach our girls a portion of what's called the Presbyterian, the Westminster Catechism. And one of the questions is that, is what is the main purpose of mankind? And the answer that we would teach them coming from Scripture is mankind's main purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And so if you come in contact with you're one of those people that are going, what's my purpose? Your purpose is to know God, to be in a relationship with Him, to glorify God, and to enjoy God forever. And so I remembered in that moment when I was thinking of, of this could be a life and death situation of what my purpose was, and that was to share the hope that I had with other people, the hope that I had from knowing God. God created us to know, to know him, to enjoy him, and to share him with others. And while eternity, Paul said, may be a better option long term, we must realize and value the purpose that God has given us here in this world also. And so as I ask you those two questions after the first lesson of who is Jesus and how will you respond to him, the question I would like to ask you on this lesson that I learned is who has God put around you that needs to hear about Jesus and the hope that comes from knowing him? Because that's part of our purpose is to know God and to share him with other people. And that's the reason I believe that God wanted me to continue on and, and to invest in others and to share the hope that I had, to share the peace that I have that comes from my relationship. It's not just all the other things that we try to live life with and on how many things we can get and what titles we can get and how much money we can make. My purpose comes from enjoying God and enjoying him forever and sharing him with other people. And if we're a follower of Jesus, that's the purpose he has given us is not just to keep this to ourselves, but to share it 
with other people. So in this moment of being hit by this car and then finding out about the spot on my kidney, I valued my relationship with Jesus because I knew my eternity. I also realized that I had a purpose for my life, and that's to share him with others. But the third lesson actually came not just in that moment, but something I had to learn over the next several days and weeks. And that is that I had to forgive and extend grace just as I had been forgiven and received grace. See, Paul writes in verse 27 of this text we looked at, just one thing, live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel. And I had to take that and begin to listen to that and think through that. Now here, please hear me on this. Paul is not saying that we earn our salvation or we earn a relationship with God because we can't. The only way we're saved, the only way we have a relationship with God is by grace alone. One of the things that I always try to teach in my church is that Scripture interprets Scripture. So we can't just look at one verse and go, this is what it means. We have to look at all of it together so that we understand it because Scripture never contradicts itself. If you look back in the book right before Philippians, the book of the Bible right before Philippians, in the book of Ephesians, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 8, For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not of yourselves, it is God's gift not from works so that no one can boast. For we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. Paul is saying we're saved by grace alone, nothing of our own doing. And so when I think about the fact that I'm forgiven and I extend grace, and Paul says that we're to to live a life worthy of the gospel, I'm not living that life worthy of the gospel to be saved because I have been saved, because I have a relationship with God. The fruit of that, what bears itself out, is that showing that grace and loving other people. Because when I got hit by this car, And my wife got hit by this car. Guys, I was really, really angry and bitter at the driver of this car. One of the things we found out is the guy that was driving the car didn't have have a valid driver's license. He was driving uh, without a driver's license. Not only that, he was driving his girlfriend's car, and she didn't have car insurance. And so... As I spent those next several weeks in a wheelchair, and then I spent the next uh, several weeks beyond that, uh, up to a couple of months doing uh, rehab and, and building up the muscles to be able to walk again, he was going on about his life like nothing happened. The police officer told us at most he would get a ticket for about $300. So he goes on with his life, maybe paying this little ticket. I spent the time in the wheelchair. I spent the time doing rehab. This happened in in 2015, so it's six years later now, and my wife still has to do exercise to help her shoulder not be in pain on a regular basis. And I begin to be anger and bitter at him because not only is he living his life, and I have all these restrictions in my life, and this happened in April, so uh, May, June, and and July, I was going through rehab and spending all this time building up the muscles My insurance had to pay for it because he didn't have car insurance or she didn't have car insurance. And so this angerness and this bitterness toward him grew in me. And I just began to, to, how can I get even? How can I make him pay? What can I do? And as I began to read Philippians and as I began to read the book that Matt Chandler wrote, God began to speak to me. 
and saying that my anger and bitterness wasn't hurting anybody but me because there's nothing that it wasn't impacting him at all. He was just going on with his life. And so I'm holding this anger and this bitterness, but it was only tearing me up inside and there was no impact on him. And God began to show me that Jesus loved me so much he gave his life for me, even when I was sinning against him. And yet Jesus forgave me and Jesus showed me grace. And so I'm saved by the grace. Grace is giving us what we, we don't deserve. I'm saved by the grace, the fact that Jesus paid the price and hung on that cross to pay the penalty for my sins because he loved me. Not because I deserved it, not because I earned it, not because I do more good than bad, but he loved me so much he did it right in the midst of my mess. And that's grace that he extends. And if we ask him to forgive us, he, he lovingly forgives us, even if we don't deserve it. And if I've experienced that from God, I need to, as Paul talks about, live a life worthy of the gospel by extending that to other people. He was calling me to forgive like I had been forgiven. God was calling me to show grace like I had experienced grace and received grace. And so, guys, I had to take this guy's name that I knew from the ticket, and I had to forgive him. Now, I'll be honest with you. I had to forgive him multiple times because I forgave him, and then I'd get angry again. And then I'd, get, I'd forgive him, and then I'd get angry again. I, the pain would come back as I was doing the, the exercises to build up the muscle, and, and that anger would build up again, and I'd have to remind myself to forgive him again. And I, I would get frustrated that I couldn't go and do the things that I wanted to do because in the job that I had at that point, my summers were busy working with teams that were coming into Philadelphia to serve and to love our communities. And I couldn't do the things with them that I normally did. I was limited by being in a wheelchair. I was limited by being on crutches. And so every time I couldn't get what I wanted, all that anger and that bitterness would come back up in me again. And I'd have to be reminded to forgive one more time. Guys, when we had this moment, my wife and I, and my girls were there to see it. They weren't hurt, but they saw it and were, had impacts of that uh, mentally and emotionally. It was one of those moments that caused me to have that time of wonder and step back and go, this is kind of a life-defining moment. How am I gonna respond? And I go back and I remember these three lessons, that I need to value my relationship with God because I know my eternity that God has a purpose for my life and that's to share the hope and the gospel that I have with other people so that they can know God and that I have to forgive and extend grace just as I've been forgiven and received grace. And guys, whether we like to admit it or not, whether we like to think about it or not, we're all going to eventually die. It's not something we talk about. It's not something we oftentimes think about. But the truth is we're all going to die. And so I hope and I pray that you know where your eternity will be spent. I hope and I pray that you realize that God has a purpose for your life here and now, and that's to know him, to live and love like Jesus, and to share him with other people. I also hope and pray that you can forgive others and extend grace just as Jesus offers to do so for you. And if you haven't already done so, I encourage you to wrestle with the question of who is Jesus and how will I respond to him? 
because those questions defined my moment of wonder. Lying on the sidewalk at 13th and Pine on April 24th, 2015. And those questions continue to define the moments of my life each and every day. Guys, thanks for allowing me to take some time just to share from you with God's word a moment of wonder in my life. Thank you for Alex and Darby and the work of Horizon. And as I pastor a church in Missouri called The Bridge, we're honored to partner with you and come alongside you. But I hope that you have these moments of wonder and think through and process in those moments of life and death, where do you stand with that question of who is Jesus and how will you respond to him? Because in that moment of lying there on the sidewalk, I'm so glad that I knew some of those answers and that God would continue to teach me and work in me to show me how amazing his love is, how amazing his grace is, how amazing forgiveness is, and help me learn to share that with other people. Have a great week. It's been an honor to share with you. Thank you, Horizon, for all you do for Philadelphia and the suburbs. Horizon, I want you to take just a moment and think about what did I hear today in the service? What do I need to do as a result of what I heard? When am I going to do it? Who can help me? We want this to be more than just a service you watch and then go on with your life. We want this to be a moment that changes the trajectory of your life. One, two, three, four,
Horizon, here's your announcements for September 12th, 2021. If this is your first time visiting with us, please fill out a connection card on our website. For every first time visitor, we donate $25 to Compassion International, which helps provide education and medical aid to children in third world countries. By watching our service today, you help change the world. If you'd like to support the work that Horizon is doing, you can do so at our website, relationshipsnotreligion.com, or via Venmo or PayPal. We have our QR codes on the screen for both of those. We'd love to see you in person next Sunday at 10 a.m. as we resume in-person services at the Mainline Arts Center, 746 Panmuir Road, Haverford, PA. We pray that you can know who Jesus is and the plan and the purpose he has for your life this week.